on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. My big thing when it comes to really anything is I know how much I make an hour, okay? If I can hire it done for less than what I make, right. then I hire it out, okay? Boom. If I can hire someone to do whatever task and it's cheaper than my time, there's no question. Done. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. All right, everybody, I'm Chaz Wolf. I'm back to you, gathering the kings. Taylor Freilich on the king's table today. What's up, dude? How you doing? I'm great, Chaz. How are you? Good, man. I, I love every time that I see your name come up on my calendar or come up on my phone because it means we're doing deals. That's right. We're doing a lot of deals, which is good. I love it, dude. Okay, so obviously you are a king in the space, but tell us what it is that you do. I'm a mortgage lender, specifically a broker. So I jokingly say I give people money. <laughs> what you do, man. <laughs> I, I do. That's what I do. It, it's obviously a little bit more involved than handing out sure. money, but yeah, yeah. the simplest terms that's that's what i do so we focus on on residential homes and anyone from buying their first home to move in into their third or fourth home to investors anywhere that is a property that someone will live in we're going to find a way to lend on it and provide the, the best service the best availability and if you need a creative solution because you're a self-employed client like hit me up because that's my specialty yeah, I love it. We can maybe talk about how we got connected originally, but I need to just give a like a uh, just a second of promotion on your behalf. <laughs> usually, uh, so for the audience, you know, it's it's funny. You guys probably don't know this, but I usually tell my guests ahead of time to like shamelessly talk about themselves, like because I, I don't use this podcast really as a way to grow any of my businesses. It's more so of a, just a cool way to meet people and then give back to entrepreneurs because I was given helpful tips along the way. And I just try to give back, you know? And so, but, but in that shameless, like tell your story, a lot of entrepreneurs, especially when they have success, they kind of go the humble route and they go, Oh, you know, like just, <laughs> you know, I'm, I, you know, you know, along the way. So normally I tell them to be shameless about like what they do promotion, all that fun stuff, but I'm going to do this one for you because I'm a client of yours. I'll tell you what, if you are a business owner listening right now and you are doing deals that fit into what he just said, you, you need a residential home. You're trying to buy a rental you're trying to, you know, anything that someone lives in, like he just said, that you're trying to rent or trying to get money on, you absolutely hear at the end of the show, you're going to hear Taylor give his contact information or how to reach out to him. And you need to not think a second time on how to contact this guy, but you need to reach out to him immediately because since we've met, I don't even know how long ago was that? Like not even uh, two months ago. Yeah. Yeah. A month, a month ago, month and a half ago. Dude, we've there. done so many deals in the last yeah. month. Three, four, five, six, seven, or like we're probably close to seven or eight. Now. I'm telling you right now, stop what you're doing. Write down this guy's name, and at the end, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna give it to you right now because I want you to listen to the whole show because this guy's gonna blow your mind on a bunch of really cool things that he's done inside of his business and things that you can do with lending. But I want you to stay tuned because this guy can help you do deals. So 
I'm back to you, Taylor. All right, you ready? <laughs> Thank you for that. I don't absolutely, man. I don't have to brag on myself, so it makes it easier. Exactly, and 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 it comes from from a genuine place because, man, I'm kind of tough to work with. I kind of have a high standard, and and I'm and I move fast. So for for me to give that type of promotion, it, it's a big deal. So I'm thankful for guys like you because you you make it you make it possible for guys like me. Yeah, that's right. And, and so I'll give myself a little shameless plug. You know, as business owners, we don't work nine to five. Right. So like, why do you want your lender to work nine to five? Yeah. You call like we were texted what Saturday morning. Yeah. And I like picked up right away and was like, yeah, let's like, here you go. Like you sent me a text at 10 o'clock at night. And most of the time I'm logged back in and like, ready to right go. Away, right. Yeah. So I'm just like you guys, like, right. I'm not the banker that works nine to three and golfs in the afternoon and doesn't answer his phone. Right. Like you guys are, you guys being entrepreneur, entrepreneurs are fast paced. Like, so am I, like, I understand yeah. when and how. And so that's, that's what I've tailored my, myself around to, to focus on and to help those, those individuals that, that aren't your standard, like fit in the box client right. when it comes to lending. So. Yeah, exactly. Which just for two seconds here, that's how we got connected. You run ads yep. and, and it spoke right to me. It said, Hey, Hey dude, you don't look good on paper. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. maybe not, maybe not, you don't look good, but you don't fit in the box, right? Like you right. don't fit inside the banking box. So I love that about you. I love your approach. You're running a real business. You're not just a lender, a single individual guy. You've got a team, you're building yep. an actual business. That's why you're here because it's not just about lending for you. It's about structure systems, your future legacy, like building an actual machine, not just trading time for money, which most lenders do, right? Right. Yeah. Really trying to grow a business and not just a job, right? Yep. Yeah, I think everybody listening today, it has what you just said exactly in their mind. How do I build a business, not a job? So let's talk about it. So before we jump into your story about like some of the things you've done along the way, I want to know at this stage, why do you continue to press? Like, why are you answering my calls at, at, on Saturday? Why are you, you know, built, still trying to grow your team? We've talked about you hiring a couple people yet still this year. Like, why are you pressing into all these things? Yeah, so about three years ago, I became a dad for the first time. Mm -hmm. And that like completely rocked my world in the best way ever. Yeah. Uh, we just had my daughter's birthday party last week or over the weekend. So, awesome. um, yeah, so princesses like, and dresses and, and all tiaras the, and it. oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Cinderella showed up and oh, yes. that's, oh, I saw. Yeah, that's right. Yes. I saw that. That's right. Yeah. So that, and then now I have a, a little boy, he's nine months. So, you know, creating like, I want to be able to spend less time like physically working and more time with them. Yeah. And being an entrepreneur allows me to do that today. Right. Like I took last Friday off because it was her birthday and got to do that with her. Yep. But then I also have to like log back in at nine o'clock at night. Right. And, right. but it, I have that flexibility to not only, you know, spend the time with them now, but in 10, 20 years when, you know, when, when they're in high school or where, when they're in college, like I'll be able to still be heavily, heavily involved in their life. Yeah. And that's really what like the ultimate dream is, is just to be present and be with them as literally as much time as possible. So. Yeah. I love that approach. I've talked to several entrepreneurs who, who have that, that same burning desire specifically for family. I, I do as well. It doesn't quite come out of my mouth like that because you know, the princess I can only do for so long. My son turns three today actually. And, and you know, I love hanging out with that dude, but I, I think my, my draw for kids preparing them for whatever it is that I'm leaving. Yeah. And so it's like the spending the time with them unto them, 
you know, taking it. And so I think that the kid's angle can, can press in. My point is that you can, it can press on you in so many different ways, sure. but I just, I love that you're a family guy that that comes first for you. So let's go back into, into your journey. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you know this already, but the listener, they're in a six figure business, right? They, they haven't, they haven't crushed that, that, that million dollar mark yet. And they're trying to figure out the things that are going to get them there, but they're hungry. So tell us for you, where did entrepreneurships or your journey start? Was it this business? Was it something different? And then we're going to get into some of the decisions that you made. Okay. So actually my entrepreneurship journey started in probably eighth grade when I was mowing lawns for the neighborhood. I love it. And I made enough money over like the course of a month that I was like, sweet, I've got like a thousand dollars. Like eighth grade me was like, that's a lot. And this yeah. was at the time that text messages, you had to pay per text message. Oh, $800 phone bill. And they're like, pay up. And I'm like, oh crap. Ding, dude, yep. you racked up $800 in texts? In text messages. This is before, obviously wow. before they were unlimited, right? They were like 15 yeah. cents a piece. So totally, yeah. Over a month. So learned a lot there. Wow. So that's when I started. And then, so I've always been like sales minded as well. Yeah. In college, I played baseball, but not for a big school or anything. And so still had to like actually go to class. And, but the thing about doing that was it took up a lot of time and I didn't have time for a normal job. Right. So I graded or not graded, but did papers and took like, did tests for my teammates. And that's how I survived. Who will remain unnamed. Yes. Correct. The school (laughs) will remain all of it unnamed. And then I, uh, that's creative. I would have used your services. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, it was, I didn't have to vary outside the baseball team because every yeah. single one of them did. So yeah, wow. uh, that was, that was awesome. I mean, I mean, probably a few grand a semester doing that. Wow. Um, so, Good niche. <laughs> yeah. And then in the summers I sold alarms door to door. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's yeah. how I That'll put some hair in cut chest. my teeth in the, uh, in the selling world. So I did that. And then when I was 24, so like a year and a half after college is when I got into the lending space. And for the first three years, I was an assistant and just did that and really learned the business. And then the next three years, I worked for a company and was, you know, lending. I worked for a bank, which again, like learned a ton, nothing wrong with it. But I really, like, I knew I needed to take that next step and go out on my own and, and like really place an even bigger bet on myself. Sure. And so that's why I'm like at a brokerage now to where it's a hundred percent me, right? It's like, yeah. It's basically like what a real estate agent is. You just hang your license somewhere. Like that's more or less what I'm doing. So yeah, hundred percent. I love, I love uh, even just the clarification so we can understand, but that moment that you just described where you said, I needed to take the next step, the next bet on myself. Yeah. Yep. How did you come to that moment? Was that like this burning desire inside of you just that you wanted more? Was there external circumstances that led you to that place? Like, how did you come to that decision? Yeah. So after about two years of lending at the bank, I knew that I wanted to, like, I wanted to own it. Right. Mm. Like having that ownership piece of being like, that's mine yeah. was a ton for me, like good, bad, or, or wherever the loan goes. I want to be the one that's like stamps my name on it and says, this is me. Sure. And Did that come from like that situations that you couldn't control inside the bank. Or was that like just the way that you're designed? Probably both. Okay. You know, there were getting to points inside of the bank that I'm like, I think this can be done a lot better. Sure. But I can't do anything about it here. Yeah. Genuity was off the chart there. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And I think that since that, like that fire is just engulfed. 
Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, absolutely. Like, this is what I want. I want to own businesses. Right. And, and yeah, crush it at that. And, um, you know, growing up playing baseball was like always to be the best. Well, I've always told myself I wanted to be the number one originator in Kansas city. Like that's will be my goal until I accomplish it. And then we'll find figure out something else. So, yeah, hundred percent. I love that. Okay. Part of the story, as far as like where you started and, and I just, I, I guess, I guess I just resonate with mm -hmm. just the, like, I think that there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there or maybe a lot of people who look on successful entrepreneurs and they wonder guys like you and I, who just always thought like, Oh yeah, you just always had the vision from the beginning of what it was going to be like today. Sure. And that's just really not the case. Everything that you just said basically is like it came in stages for you. Yeah, 100%. Three years I did this, I learned. And then I wanted more. So then I did this. And then I did this. And then I, I got the burning desire to maybe try it on my own. And then that's engulfed me. And, I, and I, now I yeah. want to succeed. Yeah. Like it's just, you just kind of keep going, right? You do. Yeah. I'll be the first to tell you, not every day is rainbows and butterflies, right? Right. A lot of days suck. Like sometimes you just get kicked in the teeth. Yeah. And you just want to go home. And like, fortunately I go home to two kids and my wife and it's like, okay, it kind of resets you. Right. Totally. But yeah. Every day I wake up and be like, okay, these are the challenges that I know I'm facing. Here's what I can do to like get better. And like, as long as every day you're getting better, you will continue to grow. And I don't know how to explain it for anyone else, but it just naturally occurs. Like when you've hit that milestone in whatever you're doing, right. In the loan world, you like, okay, you did 1 million a month. Okay. Now you did 2 million. Now you did five. Right. right? And then you just keep hitting those milestones. Yeah. For me, the biggest thing was leveling out, right. Instead of doing five and then one and then five and then one, it's like, how do I consistently yep. do the top number? Yep. And that's when I started to like figure out that I needed a team and I needed to put people Systems. in place yep. to help that. So yeah, hundred percent. Let's definitely dig into that because you're hundred percent right. You're talking about building the machine and, and the up and down that you actually described is pretty natural in mm -hmm. sales, right? Like right. anybody who's ever been in sales, you have the, you know, they call it feast or famine or the up and down. It's because it's so difficult to create this like very consistent effort of closing and prospecting, closing and prospecting, closing and prospecting, because we get stuck between the two. But for you along the way, as you were building that system that you have now that you're obviously still growing, but you have it now. What was a good decision that you made while building that? A good decision was hiring an assistant. That wasn't ultimately like the wasn't, first one. Cause obviously you, you have, you have more than one, but like yeah. the first team member. Yeah. You know, that was, that was exciting. If okay. you will. Yeah. Tell us about the, if you will part. Cause I think that's yeah, what most yeah. people, so, most listeners are like, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So I had an assistant when I was at the bank, but I shared it with another loan officer sure. or her. I don't, yeah. I, yeah. Anyways, the position, so you shared like, the position. Yeah. I shared the position. Couldn't shape her how I wanted her to be shaped. It was, she was still controlled by management. Yeah. So when I came over here, I'm like, you know, the first three months I just did it all on my own. Cause I didn't want to bring her along. So then I was like, all right, like I need an assistant and hired someone that like has no experience. Okay. And in the mortgage space, like I have learned my lesson that you need to have some sort of background. At least I did because I needed someone to come in and, and kind of take over some tasks instead sure. of like train them up. Like I didn't really have the time yeah. to train someone up. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. At that point, I just thought I just need a body. Yeah. To do some stuff. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you do for Taylor? I do some stuff. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't, I don't need, like if I need to sit on hold for 30 minutes to get, you know, 100%. something like not, I can't do that. Right. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah. okay, this person can at least do that. And, you know, just, and I thought, and this was hundred percent mistake on my part, but when I started as an assistant, that's what I assumed everyone would be. You're right. right? You. <laughs> yes. Correct. Yeah. Which is the complete opposite of like what, it what actually happened. Yep, yeah. 100%. But this was like my first assistant. Right. Okay. So that didn't happen. And over nine months, like nothing changed. Like, yeah, it seemed like he still only knew the stuff that he knew from day one. Right. And in that time frame, I hired another assistant that he's like more of a junior loan officer. Okay. So he's doing some of his own stuff, but still helping me with my stuff, but he knew nothing. And like within three months of him working there, he already knew as much or more than the other guy. Right. Uh, so I'm like, okay, like it was the hardest thing I ever had to do is fire someone. Sure. I held him on longer than needed, but yeah, learn that lesson. Right. And so now I've got a new assistant starting in a couple of weeks that she is strictly an assistant, doesn't want to originate. And she's right. been doing it for 20 years. Yeah. And that's going to fit into a little bit of what, of what you're looking for. I heard you say several things. I want to pull them out for yeah. the listener. Number one is that you, you, you had the desire to, to mold and shape someone on your team. And you couldn't mm-hmm. do that at the bank for obvious reasons. But right. I think that it's a, it's a step actually that a lot of entrepreneurs miss because they try to just like, Hey, here you go. Right. Mm-hmm. The fact that you desire to actually mold them or grow them up really right. it actually speaks to your, your desire to be a good leader. And I think that that's, it's just like a soft little thing that you said it so naturally, but for the listener, if you are hiring somebody, you need to bring some leadership to the table. And so there's so mm-hmm. many guys that, that will hire and get frustrated and then they stop hiring, right? They, yep. oh, I'll just do it myself because they themselves are a terrible leader. Right. They sure. haven't leveled up in the communications department, the ability to read personalities or just to yeah. know who you're talking to, to have a, some EQ in their life. And so it sounds like maybe that was something that you had already developed or partially developed maybe. And so that was a big thing to you, which I agree with. And so I wanted to point that out to the listener. The second thing I heard you say is that, you know, you hired a blank slate, which I think it's kind of industry. You could go different directions yeah. with that. But for you, it was, you now found out what you were looking for. And I also heard you say that it didn't stop you from hiring the next guy. So even though the first one was a little bit of a frustration, Mm -hmm. it didn't stop you from continuing to build a team. And so there was an awareness that you had there that this is the solution, even though maybe that first hire wasn't working out. And I want to know why you had that feeling. Why why did you have that of like, okay, I got to keep hiring, even though this one isn't working out. Where did that come from? Quite frankly, I had already committed to hiring him like, like a month okay. after I hired this guy, just knowing he wasn't going to start for another three, four months. Got it. Okay. Um, so that was, do, do you think it. going back that you would, you would do it knowing that it, the first one wasn't working out? You know, I think I probably would have delayed it. I, mm. I probably eventually would have said yes, but I, I think I would yeah. have delayed it. Yeah. Um, I think I would have found the trained assistant first. Sure. And then have her help like learn the, the loan business or the loan piece. Yeah. The X's and the O's. Right. Exactly. So I think I would have just tweaked that, but really like, you know, now that I have like someone that can help my loans, you know, A to Z, that's going to allow me more time to one recruit and two like train that other person. Totally. So now it's like, okay, like let's go get two more people and, and maybe hiring a new person is okay. Right. right. Cause I, I, I do like that leadership or that like coaching aspect. And I think there's, 
there's obviously like ways to just be okay in, yeah. in really anything. And there's ways to be great. And if I go get someone and bring them over, that's just okay. Like they might not fit our culture, even though they'll still make us money. Right. And like, right. that doesn't, that does me no good in five years. Right. So if I can bring someone on that's green and develop them into our culture, then yeah, yeah it, I mean, it's definitely a long-term play than it is like a, a short-term play. So yeah, and I think actually you make a good point. And for the for the listener, you know, inside your business, you might be at the point that that Taylor was where you need to hire somebody. But what he's saying to do, at least for what he looking back, is that if you can hire somebody that has a little bit of the X's and the O's, what that allows you to do is not have to train the very basics. But now you've got somebody who who fits the X's and the O's. Now, whether they're a culture fit, we don't know, because a lot of times when people come with history or experience, there's a way that they're used to doing it that doesn't fit into the culture. So hiring somebody like that earlier on, where most of the listeners are probably, can help you for a period of time to bring on other people to have someone be a trainer per se, you know, a little bit. Yeah. So that way you can begin thinking a vision, be bigger picture, sales, growth, team oriented stuff. And you're not necessarily in the nitty gritty teaching the weeds right. of the X's and the O's. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Okay. What about the bad decision? Let's flip the coin. Yeah. I mean, you could almost say like the good decision was the same as the bad decision. And there was no way for me to know this, but I think like thinking that people would be the same as me was my biggest mistake. Yeah. Most people aren't entrepreneurs. Right? right. But as entrepreneurs, we think everyone is right. That's just, we just assume like, yeah, that's, that's how I am. That's all my buddies are. Right. That's how everyone is. Right. Yep. Your employees don't love your business. Like you do. No, they do not. And thinking that they will was my mistake. Right. So yeah, like this guy wasn't licensed, but if he brought on, like if, if he had a referral, right. I gave him a bonus for that. I just assumed again, incorrectly, but assumed that he would run with the loan sure, and do most of the loan officer work. Cause he's the loan officer assistant. He can just do everything. Right. Well, it was a Saturday and the agent was like calling him to get updates. And he was like, right. Oh, I got my kids like sports stuff. I can't work today. And I'm just like, what do you mean? You can't work on a Saturday? Like, right. Do you know what business you're in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then they're calling me and I'm like, why am I paying him more right. to do everything anyways? Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. So yeah, that mindset of assuming that they're going to be just as enthusiastic and do everything that you're doing. Right. Don't do that. And I mean, the only way they're going to is if you give them a piece of the pie. Yeah. And, and some people to your point aren't entrepreneurial and they don't, they don't even want a piece of the pie. Yeah, correct. They don't want, they want nothing to do with it. Yep. Yeah. And so I think that the, the clarity piece there is not only don't, <laughs> don't assume that other people are like, you don't go looking for you. I, I, I said that yes. probably yep. eight or nine years ago in a, in a in-person podcast. I'm like, look, I stopped looking for me. Me was out trying to build a business. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Stop looking for you. Yep. But the, the, the piece in there also is that as you, as you are hiring that if this person does have ambition, then maybe a piece of the pie or some commission opportunity, or just like, I can think of one of my companies, the folks that I'm referring to know the bigger picture. Like they kind of know everything and they know the mm -hmm. bigger picture. And they know when we reach a certain amount of a growth that there's, that there's riches in store, if that makes sense. And so, you know, call it net profit, call it profit sharing. It, it's, yeah. it's all the base of the same, same sure. you know, 
talk, but all those are great. Okay. So what, what discipline or process do you have now around making good decisions? Like in the hiring process or like just in, in general? Any of it. Or, yeah. Okay. Any of it. Cause I mean, obviously as entrepreneurs, we're, we're making decisions a couple times of times an hour, sometimes yeah, more than sure. sometimes a minute, you know, like yeah. how do we make good decisions? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, man, I'm just thinking, so for like the hiring piece of it, you know, we've kind of refined our hiring process to maybe make it take a little bit longer. Yeah. You know, for the first one, it was just like two quick meetings and we were like, I was kind of rushed into, hey, I need someone. And it goes back to the, you know, hire slow, fire quick type deal. Like I probably should have taken a little bit more time to vet this guy to understand that like, you know, his past didn't really equate to the sales. Right. And that probably should have thrown up a red flag at that point. Yep. But I had the, I need, I need this type deal. I'm going to make it work. So maybe not like, you know, your question of how do we make good decisions? Maybe we take more time in yep. those decisions, right? Sure. Don't, don't just shoot from the hip all the time. I, I'm a big, like ready, fire, aim person. Totally. But there are a lot of instances where we just need to like pump the brakes, take a second or one of my best referral partners. He's like, yeah, I don't make any decisions that day. Like he is the biggest proponent of just sleep on it. Like more than likely it's going to be the same answer, but right. if it's that important, it doesn't need to be made in 30 seconds. Right. right? Just, so just take the time, gather, make sure you're gathering all the information that you need yeah. And then make that decision and don't shoot from the hip all the time. Yeah, exactly. I, I like the, the, the ending all the time. Cause you're right. Making the ready aim fire speed is my friend perspective is obviously always going to be true in business. Like yeah. you're talking about adding time and, and my inside is going, no, you know, but, right. but I agree with you, but sometimes adding time doesn't mean necessarily, like you said, a week or a month or a year. Sometimes it's a day. Sometimes it's just a couple of minutes. You know, I got the old uh, five second rule, the five, four, three, two, one, make the decision, you know? Yeah. So I think that you're the, what you're telling the listener right now is to be intentional about whether that's gathering the information, whether that's thinking through what the end result might be, the good, mm-hmm. bad, the indifferent, what the worst case scenario, best case scenario, like just take whatever is necessary to process a good decision. Yeah. Cause you, and, and you see a lot of this in like real estate investing is you do the opposite of take of like not take enough time, right? Like right. the paralysis by analysis that you just overanalyze everything. Oh yeah, because you, you can analyze all day long. Anything. Right, yeah. you, then you don't do anything. And like, okay, that's not what I'm saying, right? And, and right. you explained it better, but yeah, you know, sometimes you just need to do five, four, three, two, one, boom, go move on, right? But right. there's other times that maybe another week or maybe one more meeting with this guy right. or maybe a, yeah. a meeting at a separate location or just a different environment shows 100%. you something else about that person. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, just making sure that whatever that decision is, you're, you're taking the proper time for that specific decision. So. Yeah. I, I love how you, you actually clarified the, the hiring piece, because I think that obviously that's what we've been talking about a main topic. And I think it's actually a big topic for most listeners in their business right now, you know, at a six figure level, most industry businesses, you're going to have anywhere from no employees to two, three, four, five, maybe eight or 10, maybe depending upon what the business is doing. And so like everything we're talking about when it comes to hiring and usually spending a little bit more time actually matters. Like even in my franchises where, you know, it's pretty entry level, 
mm-hmm. pay as well as task. We, we have them come in and do a working interview and like hang out for an hour and dip some strawberries and chocolate. And like, yeah. can you take instructions? And like, are you fun to be around for a few minutes? You know, <laughs> yeah, like right? just some certain parameters that, that you've given to the listener that I, that I would totally agree with, especially when it comes to the hiring process. So yeah. that's good, man. What about, what about disciplines in like life, finance, business? Like you're a lender, you're the guy that gives out all the money. What do you have any, any, any process to like how you think about your, like you kind of mentioned your family, your kids, the way you handle your money, like any disciplines there that you follow? Not like Dave Ramsey person by any means. I really think with with any of the self self help or really any, anything of that nature, there's always some good nuggets, but you don't always need to follow it like to a T. Sure. My big thing when it comes to really anything is, so I know how much I make an hour. Okay. If I can hire it done for less than what I make, right. then I hire it out. Okay. Boom. And when I say what I make an hour, I divide it by 16 hours a day. So right. every waking hour for the whole year, right? So that's a Saturday that it's Sunday. I divide out my income divided by that. And that's, so if I can hire someone to do whatever task and it's cheaper than my time, there's no question. Done. Right. Lawn Interesting. Like haven't funny story. Lawn company didn't show up this week. Like they said they would. And I was having a three-year-old birthday party. I didn't mow my lawn for the first time in five years. And I had to borrow a lawnmower. Needless that's a great problem. Lawn company. Exactly. Uh, I love, I love the formula, bro. Like you just, I mean, we could, we could just take that alone. And I think that the listener, if they really just took what you just said, there's so many people who talk about hiring it out and valuing your time, but wow, such a practical perspective that you have of, okay, here's the amount of money I make divided out by 52 weeks, divided out by 16 hours a day. Here's the hourly rate. If I can get it cheaper, zero questions, no question, do it hundred percent. I think that if people were honest about that, I, I haven't done the math on that, but I think if I was honest on that, there's probably things that I'm doing that mm-hmm. I shouldn't be doing. Yeah, because so let's just say it's six o'clock at night and you've got a task. Most people are like, okay, it's going to take me an hour, but I'm not at work. So not a big deal. So now you're saying that my kids are, aren't worth that much, right. right? Or my family's not worth that much because I'm going to spend this hour over here instead of with them. Yeah. Right. So that's why I do it over 16 hours in over seven days a week. Cause it literally eliminates all of the question of, you yeah. know, but I'm not at work or, you know, it's this and like, no, it's black and white. Like we have, we have people that do our laundry. Like we drop it off in the morning and the next day yep. it's done. Like that yep. eliminates three, four hours a, d- a week. Like that's right. huge. Right. Yeah. I, so, the gut punch that I just received from you and I'm thankful for it. Um, mm-hmm. but I hope that the listener did as well is it could be the family. It could be, you know, whatever your hobby is, it could be, you know, whatever your purpose really is. Yeah. But if you have kids specifically to your point, what you're saying there in the moment is it's not that you can't do that, right. Or not that you're right. not qualified or not that you couldn't just do it real quick. But what you're actually saying, if you're honest, is that that piece of work or that task is more important than the time with the kids or whatever. And I think for entrepreneurs, especially high performers, that's a, like, I've got to, I got to go to the mirror on that one because there's, there's conversations that I have with my wife, even still today, even at this level with multiple businesses, multiple teams, multiple team members. 
And it's, there's still things that I'm doing that I probably shouldn't be doing that I'm literally trading the time away from my family. And yeah, I mean, I think that that's huge. So thank you for that. But then also yeah. the listener, like, I hope that, that that just gut punched you like it did me because I think that we're, we're always in this phase. We're always in the process of building something up. Like I was maybe my, my franchises and I systemize that whole thing out to where literally I have one phone call a week, but then I start another business <laughs> yeah, right, and right. then another and, one and then another one, you know? So it's and, like, as entrepreneurs, we're always going to be doing that, right? We love right. that piece of it. I find myself guilty of taking a phone call at six o'clock and right. justifying it. Well, it's work. And then my wife's like, yeah, but you could spend time with the kids. And you're like, yeah, yep. you're right. So yep. I'm not saying I'm perfect by any means. That's just the basis of it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah it's, it's the and, target. Yep. And that pendulum will swing over here and someone's got to bring you back to reality and like get you back here. And yeah, it definitely swings, right? And another piece to that is if you don't have a coach, go hire a coach because it's so worth it. I have a couple business coaches and one of them is a good friend. We were supposed to talk about business and I was like, dude, I'm struggling with this. And he was like, screw business. Let's get you back. And yeah. that pendulum yep. was way out here for me, like probably two weeks ago. And boom, in an hour, we got it right. Back we were supposed it. to meet for two hours and he was like, no, no, no. Like go spend time with your kids and yep. went and picked my kids up from school early. And like, it was great. That's so, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I just super, I think, I think if anybody's actually being honest with themselves, it's going to, like you said, it's going to, it's not like, like just because you're back on track doesn't mean that it doesn't, it doesn't get yeah. back off because that's who, that's who we're, that's who we yeah. are as entrepreneurs, you know? Yeah just associated and, and almost even obsessed with the next deal, the next thing, the next, you know, just, I don't know, just you get excitement from that stuff, but yeah, I get excitement from the others. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So good, man. You're bringing, you're bringing me to the roots. My wife will, if she listens to this, she's going to be like, see, see, <laughs> see, you don't have to mow your own lawn. See, you can hire yep. a gardener. You can hire someone to do your mulch or you can hire someone to come paint the house or whatever. Right. So, right. You know, it's funny because I'm, I'm, I've got a, a lot of that, you know, eliminated, but I have a, I have a big space. Um, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're on six acres, really that's 15 acres, but I don't mow the whole thing, but it's like, I love doing it because it allows me yeah. to kind of escape. But the last like three times I've done it, I'm like, I'm thinking about all the other things I should be doing, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I probably it, it's it, that time is coming and we're, even though I enjoy it, even though it gives me the, the escape, it's, it's probably going to get the boot here, you know, pretty soon. So, yeah. And I, back to like the escape, we are so like going all the time that I also think it's super important to find that escape too. Oh, totally. For me, it's golf. Okay. Yeah. So the nice thing about golf is you can work while you're golfing, <laughs> but I yeah. get, I tell people this. Okay. So I get a hundred shots around cause I'm not good. Right. So for those 15, 30 seconds, literally everything in my brain clears, except for what I have to do in that moment. Then I hit my shot. Then I get, I'm on my, on my phone again, taking, right. you know, texts, emails, phone calls until, you know, five minutes later, I go to my next one. Right. right. So that's why for me, it makes a ton of sense. And yeah. that's my escape, right? Like yeah. I do that to clear my head because totally. there's so much going. So if you don't have something like that, like that's when you find yourself like struggling, right? So yeah. another piece of advice, go go find that escape. And if you're in Kansas City and you want to golf, hit me up. So yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> All right. You ready for the speed round? I am. First question is if you could only pick one metric inside of your entire business to track forever and ever, what would it be? Families helped. Okay. 
I recognize that from the initial mission statement that you said. Yep. Does that does that in your brain? The reason why you pick that is that because it associates to where like, okay, I know how many deals that I've done this year, generally. Correct. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. the. So honestly, before two weeks ago, I've always been a numbers like. I I went to school to be an engineer, so like numbers are my thing. Yeah, got it. And I was like, why? Like that shouldn't be my metric, right? My metric should be how many people did I help buy a house this year? Like, that's so cool. So like just this month I switched to that. And that is like my hundred percent goal now is I don't care if you're borrowing $10,000 or $10 million. Like I want to help you. So that's my metric. That's cool. That's cool. You're gonna have to count my family multiple times. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I will. Good. Okay. So on a book recommendation, what would you recommend that the six figure owner reads? So I just finished, I'm going to look it up here because it was, I fi- I just finished these two. I'm a big audio, audio person. Yeah. Love okay. That. The seven levels of communication. Okay. By who? By Michael Mayer. Okay. And the go giver. Oh yeah. Um, Classic. Yeah. By Bob, Bob Berg and, and John Mann. So I just probably finished those like a couple days ago. Dude, those rocked me in the best way possible. I what's your what's your nugget? What's your nugget from each one? Well, honestly, the like helping families was yeah. came from those books. Got it. Makes um, sense. Yep. So one that I've read a while ago that's still really good for entrepreneurs is the E Myth. Oh yeah. Um, book. If you haven't read that one, like you have to. That talks about you know being owning a job or owning a business. Yeah. Yep. I love that. Okay. <clears throat> do you intentionally network or mastermind with other entrepreneurs? Do I intentionally do it? Yes, but I also love it. So like unintentionally too? Yeah, sure. Okay. And so why, why do you do that? Other than I, the fact that you like it? <laughs> yeah. I love like learning, like, like building relationships with people, like, yeah, you know, like-minded people. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, if, if you work a nine to five, like I'm not going to like you. Right. But sure. You know, not going to have a whole lot to talk about though. I mean, yeah, maybe our kids, Yep. but yeah. So that's, you know, I, it, and just from networking, like there's so many projects and so many things you, you can, you can do like yeah. you and I talking before we started recording of like, Oh yeah. Oh, we're going to go do that. Okay. Like that sounds great. But so, you know, if it wasn't for me posting an ad on Facebook two months ago, like we would never be here. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so I just love learning about people learning like, how they became what they are and seeing how, you know, maybe I can help give them a nugget to get to that next level or vice versa, right? They're giving me nuggets to get to that level. So yeah, hundred percent. Love that. Okay. The next question is if you lost it all, Taylor, what would you do? If I lost it all? Yeah. Everything. Um, Well, fortunately the U S government has pretty nice bankruptcy rules. So I just filed for bankruptcy and start over. (laughs) And, And after you filed, what would you do? Yeah. So I would find a job in the lending space and I would absolutely just start over. And I think failing at a business is probably the best degree you could ever get. Yeah. And so I don't, I would have found a way that it doesn't work and not do that. And again, just start over, like start over. Yeah. Same excitement, same intentionality, same everything, or would you do it? Would you do it differently? You know, I probably figure out I would say I would do it differently, but I don't know what that differently would be right. until I make that mistake. Totally. I don't know if I'm ever going to lose this fire. I mean, I've had it for 
you know, 15, 20 years now, like, why would it change? Right. I mean, maybe, I don't know, but Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Okay. Last question. And this is my, this is my new final question. I'm so excited to ask it. If you only had one hour each day to work on your business, how would you run your business? That's a great question. You only had one hour to work. I would probably use it to make phone calls to connect with people. So I would spend that entire hour, whether it be on a one phone call with you or one phone call with whomever or 10, six minute phone calls or, or whatever, right? Just make it natural. Right. And just, yeah, grow that net. So, yeah. Good. Yeah. Good answer. I love it. Okay. How can someone connect with you, Taylor? They want to get to know you from an entrepreneurship perspective. They yep. want to do a deal with you. How yeah. can they find you? So my cell phone, you can like, I give my cell phone out to everyone. You can call or text me whenever. So my number is 816-585-4255. So call, text, whatever there. If you want to follow me and my kids, that's what Facebook is for. And if you want to follow me on like more of a business side, hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, I post more, you know, businessy stuff there. Not that I don't utilize Facebook for that, but sure. my wife tags me in like stuff every day about our kids. So if you want to follow my family, like hit me up on Facebook. So there you go. I love it. And just another encouragement there. If you've got deals uh, you're trying to do, whether for rentals or, uh, or even you're trying to buy a home, hit my boy up here. Okay. So dude, I so appreciate you coming and adding value. I think that your story just as a super fun one. It's, it's fun to know that we've collided in the last like, yes. you know, <laughs> 60 days, 45 days. And, and it's fun for me to know from relationships like this, because you hit the nail on the head when you just put yourself out there, when you just meet people, when you just give it a chance. You just don't know who you don't know what you don't know and you don't know who you don't know. So just thank you for being here. We wish you absolutely nothing but success. And I look forward to all of the deals that we're going to do together. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much for for having me on. Now it's your time, your turn to come on my podcast. So hundred percent. And you know, I'm going to show up. That's, that's the real deal. right right. there. So all right, buddy. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply. And we will see you on the other side.